1: This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. We can we can now, here's Sue Freeze.
2: Thank you so much for joining The Sue Freeze Show. It's just so great to be with you today. I'm I'm just so happy, even though I just spent the last four hours with this tax um, planner person who's teaching me how to be better. Uh, planners with uh, taxes and uh, profit and just just learning how to be a better steward with with what God has given us at Ecola. And with me personally, um, it's a good thing to do. And if you guys have not done this, it's an important thing for, you know, we work so hard for our money, don't we? And it's just good if we can keep it uh, instead of spending it in arenas that maybe we don't have much control over. So... Um, it was good, good for me, good, good investment, and very educational. I feel like my head is like three times the size that it is just because we slammed a lot in a very short period of time. And it's not an arena that I enjoy too much, but it is an, an arena where I, I need to learn, as all of us do, because um, it's just what we're called to do, is be a good steward. So with that, I am going to say that um, this last week has been amazing. And the reason it's been amazing is because uh, E.C.O.L.A. has an annual meeting, and it is our 22nd annual meeting, and we always have it around the 17th of January, so just close to that, the Thursday and Friday, around the 17th is when we do it. And 17 is a very important number for me, so I like to do it around that time, and Uh, We do it after the year is finished so that we have some idea as to how we ended up, you know, that race per year of, you know, we want to hit these goals and and whatnot. And so we talk about the goals that we set. Did we reach them? Did we exceed them? Um, I just have to say that uh, every year, you know, we strive to be better than the year before we strive for excellence at Ecola and me personally and anyone i come in contact with i talk about this is that you know we want to be better than we were the day before do we not i mean come on seriously don't we want to be better than we were yesterday and how does that happen does it happen by half a stance or does it happen because we intentionally work towards that mark we run for the prize right where we're going for the goal and what is your goal So, the topic of today was, who am I? And that's a really big question for each and every one of us, isn't it? And I would say that I'm a summation of everything that's happened up to this point with me, my life, you know, my, my ups, my downs, my sideways, my good choices, my bad choices, the, the, you know, um, the blessings and the consequences of my choices and my actions have created the person that I am today. And wouldn't you say the same is true with you? Now, some of the things that happened for me, as probably with you, were not within your control. For instance, I was molested as a child. Being molested as a child is not a choice I made. It's just something that happened. Another thing that happened is I had an abortion. I'm being very real with you right now. I had an abortion. Am I proud of it? Heck no. And at the time, it was a head decision. It was not a heart decision. It was a head decision saying, this is the best thing for me to do right now. It wasn't until years and years and years and years later that I realized just how emotional that event and decision was for me. And I was, um, even subconsciously, I was beating myself up over that decision and feeling very unworthy and unloved or unlovable. Because of something that I did years and years and years ago. And and ladies, I just want to say right now that if this is you and I when I've mentioned this in the past, uh, women have reached out to me and just said, thank you so much for your transparency. Thank you so much for being so real on radio, public radio and exposing and expressing yourself at this level. And the reason I do that is not for anything to do with me. It's not to pat me on the back because I don't deserve a pat on the back. Um, I don't. But what I desire, my heart is, is that if you are suffering from a decision like this, if you're still beating yourself up and not forgiving you for a decision you made a long, long time ago, or even maybe, maybe, I just this just hit me, is that maybe you just did this yesterday, and you're still having the cramping, and you're still going through all those details. Listen, God forgives. He has grace, and his grace is sufficient for you as it is for me. And it took quite a while for me to get the freedom and to forgive myself for such a decision. Now, fast forward. Going back to my company and me being who I am today. A lot of the things that uh, the Lord has placed on my heart and and that has put me responsible for is, I have about 80 employees now that work with me, and we are a team. And this year, I just felt like the proudest mommy of all because of all of the employees that work with me, I just care about each one. And um, I see the growth. And not having an annual meeting of physically, visibly, touchably, you know, in the same room because we had the, you know, virtual Zoom meeting, which has not the same effect at all, even though it was good for the time and it was informative. It's not the same as being physically in the same room, hearing somebody smile, being able to see their smile, being able to physically give them a hug. You know what I'm talking about. It was just amazing. And then what I did was I took a back seat this year. And I've been doing this for year after year after year. But every year we get better. And every year I want to hand over more. You know, I tell my employees, you want to move up in my company, you have to promote or you have to teach your replacement. You have to find your replacement before you move up because somebody has to take your place. And when somebody raises their hand and said, I have somebody I want to introduce to the company. I want somebody that wants to come work. I turned to that person and he might be listening right now. And I said, he has to be as good or better than you and the guy starts laughing going wow that's just not possible. Well, whether it's possible or not, that's what we are driving for is that we want to be better than we were the day before and we want to promote others to be better too. So our, our main topic at coli Termite and Pest Control this meeting was first of all, you know, who are you? But the bigger question is why are you here? Why are you here? When I was about 12, maybe 13, we had a two-story house, and we had five bedrooms, and I had the middle bedroom. And in my middle bedroom, I remember putting my hands up in the air one day because I just felt so little. I felt so just not important. I don't remember what the circumstances were. I just felt really just like, why am I here, God? Why am I here? You know, and who am I? Whew. I don't know. That's a big question. And then I realized that who I am is something that I can design. And I'm choosing to, to listen to what God says about who I am, about him, because he created me and he created me as he did you in his image, because he wants something from you. He, he created you for a purpose on this earth. And if I had not, same as you, I want you to hear what I'm saying right now. I'm saying I, but I'm thinking you, okay? If I have not, or if you had not gone through what you've gone through to get where you are today, and you might be really down right now, you might be very up right now, that can change, doesn't it? But the lessons we learn day to day, the circumstances that we face, I know for me, I've learned courage. I've learned strength. I've learned perseverance. I've learned that I don't have to have all the answers right here, right now. I have learned so many things. And all of those, if I say, who am I? I'm going to say I'm a child of God. How about you? When you ask yourself, who am I? Are you the woman who made a bad choice and you can't forgive yourself and you just feel very little and and just very not important? Are you, is that who you are? You know, when my I was growing up, my dad, he wasn't a very affectionate man. And he used to say to me, you're like a bull in a china closet. And I always wanted a boy. I didn't want a girl. And so I internalized that. So I tried to be the boy that my dad really longed to have. I did everything I could to be the boy. I was a tomboy and I liked to play outside. I did not play with dolls. I didn't like to do all the girly things. I liked to do the boy things. I was very athletic. I was very physical. I, I just loved to be outdoors and doing physical things. And I still am that way and I like it. I like it. I'd much rather be doing than watching. And I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, I have a lot of friends that are that way too that are females. And I'm not putting down anything because dolls are – it's fun to have dolls and dress them up and do all of that. And to knit, crochet, which I do, uh, you know, and photo albums I do. You know, I do all of that. But I really physically, if I have a choice, I like to be outside. And was that because of my dad? (laughs) I I don't know. All I know is, is that I enjoy being physical and I like to be athletic and I like to be outdoors. So was he good for me or was he bad for me? And if I totally listened to him saying that I was a bull in a china closet, now I'm a competitive dancer. I'm a competitive dancer. He said I was a bull in a china closet. Now, I am very rushed and very quick at what I do. And I've just always been a quick thinker. And as you can see, pretty quick speaker. I talk quick. Uh, I think quick. Not all of us are the same, and that's a great thing because God created all of us for something different, right? He didn't teach us all to be the same because then who would take care of the other things that need to be done? So it takes all of us together, which is what I was talking about on, uh, at the company meeting is I want them to understand who they are and that they were made for something bigger. I wanted my employees to understand that why are they here? Now, why are they here on this earth? Why are they at a COLA? You know, what, what purpose do they serve? And the more passionate that we can embrace our differences and the more passionate and celebration we can have for each other, it, it's a wonderful thing. So when I was sitting back, and I was having my employees and my management team up on stage talking about whatever the issues were that they've been dealing with and how we can come together and be better as a team. I was in awe. I just was in awe, I teared up, I was just, thank you, God. Because I'm getting to see the fruit of my labor. I'm getting to see, it's like the blessing of of training my replacement, of um, knowing that I have not just made somebody maybe successful, but I've helped them have a significant difference in their lives, their family's lives, at ripple effect, and with the people that they come in contact with every day, even our customers. Our customers are so thankful for our employees, our team. Why? Because we're different. And my team says, I love our customers they're so awesome, at least 95% of them. Some of them have bad days, which we do. But on the whole, Ecola loves our customers because our customers are just different. Why is that? Well, I guess, you know, you hang out with people that you want to hang out with, you know, people that are like-minded, and it's a good thing to um, spread the word. And, you know, God just spoke to me and just said, share the love, just show your love. So just show your love, and and if we all did that, if we all looked how we could help the other person, if we all got out of our own way, if we all got out of our own way and just decided that we are here to help other people, we're here to support other people. Lord, you know, use me today. Help me to um, see with your eyes. Help me to think with your mind and, and with your emotion. Let me feel with your heart. Let me, let me feel like you feel. Let me see that person the way you see them. Not the way I see them, but the way you see them. Help me help them. Wow. It's an incredible difference that we can make in this world. Now, not all of us are wanting to do that or we're so involved or so immersed with our own lives that we're not looking up, we're not reaching out, we're not thinking about why am I here? I even said when I said that when I yelled a sound, it's got to be more than just breathing air. It's got to be more than washing the dis- dishes and, and babysitting my sister. It's got to be more than that. Lord, please show me what you created me for. Show me what I'm supposed to be doing and I want to do your will. Not all of us are in the same mind frame of believing that there is a God and a Jesus and a heaven and a hell. Not all of us are in the same place. And what I'm going to say to you is that just ask the Lord. Ask ask your universe to reveal to you what's important. Because inside of you, there's this little hole, big hole, whatever, And you're going to try to fill it with other things, like material things, like buying a car is going to get you this excitement for a minute, and then it fades, doesn't it? Buying a house, it's exciting, and yes, it's really good, security, you know, all that. You got the bills to pay, but you still, you get this house, you know, it's a dream, it's good. But see, even that dissipates. And then we try to find a person to fill that void, a person. I just need to find the right person. How about working on being the right person? How about that? Because we have control over, you know, our mind and our belief system and our faith and our actions and actions speak louder than words. That's a whole nother topic. Um, if you're tuning in right now and it's your first time, welcome to the Sue Freeze show. Uh, it, I would love to connect with you. How you would do that is you would go to Sue Freeze and that's spelt like fries. And that's one word. Sue Freeze spelled like fries, one word dot com. Go there. There is a website. I've, uh, you know, invested quite a bit into uh, giving you tools and giving you uh, 14 years now of um, they're now called podcasts. They were radio shows. They've been on the air. I'm syndicated. I go from San Diego all the way Orange County, L.A., Inland Empire, Riverside, um Anaheim, did I say? I said Orange County. Uh, Orange County and then uh, uh, Ventura and all the way up to San Luis Obispo. And the reason I say that is is that if you have friends, if you have family and you want them to listen, you can listen on the radio or you can go on the Internet and listen whenever you want, which is also very, very, very nice. So this is the Free Show, and I'm just thankful that you got to join me today. I'm excited. I'm excited because we kicked this company meeting off, and I know just by us taking two days of sacrifice of no production, nothing um, happening right after a two-week rain storm, um, we had to close down shop, which very rarely does E.C.O.L.A. close down shop. Uh, We worked. We were essential through COVID the whole entire time we were there. We were working. We were taking care of people. Um, But the rain kind of causes us to not be able to to work, you know, because it's very muddy and uh, the driving is unsafe and, um, you know, there's just a lot of details. So it's just better that we don't do that. So we close down and usually we have our um, meeting at the time when rains happen, so it's not this, oh darn, we're missing production because it was raining anyway, so it's really not a problem. But this time it was sunny out and, uh, you know, there was a whole lot of phone calls uh, on the voicemail and a whole lot of phone calls that were were um made during this time that we were in this two day meeting and um hopefully we got to everybody <laughs> and uh you know we were taking care of everyone that would be great. I think we scheduled like fifty eight new leads in one day um when we got back and and um, could take care of everything so um pretty exciting so I was in after after this and everything, and I and I let everybody know just how wonderful I felt. Um, the meeting went, and just how proud I was. I acknowledged my A team. I had to choose who my A team was, and I, out of eighty employees, there was so many people. And another thing that happened was I, 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 um, was given by a supplier, a speaker, um, gift certificates for $25 and I had 15 of them. This is so God. And, uh, the first day I opened up and I said that the only way we're gonna, we're gonna actually do better is if we learn how to support one another and our teams, you know, our different job positions. If we can support one another better, if we can communicate better, we're gonna be better. So I I started the first day with this whole intro. And the next day when I was walking in, uh, my assistant, Cynthia, she said, here's an envelope. And there's 15 gift cards in here. And they're $25 each because I was asked and I mentioned this would be great to get. And so this lady, um, Laura, she's my HR person. She actually provided us these. Thank you, Laura, if you're listening. And anyway, so I had these. And so I got up on stage and I said, all right, A team, please come up here. And that was my key staff, my management team, my key staff. And so I said, I want to ask each and every one of you, give me a name or more than one name of somebody that asked if they could help you this morning, which is support, correct? It's like, how can I help you? Magical words. How can I help you? What can I do to make your job easier today? How awesome is that? You know, simplest of things. And so each person had one or two people that we called up. And after it was done, guess what? I had 15 people up there and I had 15 gift cards. So I handed them each a gift card. And what I said to the rest of the team that was still in the audience, I said, next time I ask, I'm hoping I have everybody up here and nobody in their seats. So that was the goal. And it showed it was an action and a natural consequence or reward for doing what I suggested the day before. So it was nice to know that they were listening. At least 15 of them were. Uh, I think more of them were, but it was a really great uh, way of showing appreciation and how much how important it is. Another thing is our core values. Ecola has come up with core values. And core values are like your non-negotiables. They're, they're like, you know, if you're dating or something, there's things that you're just not going to want to be with. For instance, for me, if somebody smoked, I probably wouldn't be... Uh, wanting to be around that person, if somebody has foul language, I probably wouldn't want to be. If, if someone has an addiction, I probably that would sway me from wanting to be spend more time with that person, because those are things that I don't want to be dealing with. We have other things that I, you know, that I do need to deal with. But those things, I just wouldn't want to just say that those would be um, areas that I would not want to uh, deal with. So we were talking about our core values and they are de- being dependable. Integrity is number one. We have to be honest because without trust, you don't, you cannot have a relationship. How many of you realize that, that trust is so vitally important to the health of any relationship? It doesn't matter if it's customer or employee or team or if it's uh, in ministry, you know, you're working for each other or you have an inspector and you have a technician. We all have to trust one another. And if we can trust each other, we can work through anything. But if you don't have trust, you don't know where the truth is and where the lies start. So how do you deal with that? I can't. I can't. And I know I can't. And it's cost me dearly uh, in that regard. So I just want to say that um, trust is so important. So I'm getting near the the halfway point. So I just want to do a summation of, of what was said here. And there was a lot said. And I kind of did rabbit trails. But I did come back around. So that's good. Is that... Trust is important. Anything that you've gone through has created who you are today. And we can be thankful for that or we can beat ourselves up. Um, God forgives us and we need to forgive us. Okay? Because his his God, his grace is sufficient. So um, think about these things and there's more. And we will be back with more of the Sue Show right after this brief break for part two. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E.C.O.L.A. now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E.C.O.L.A., powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly.
0: E.C.O.L.A., 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. What would
1: you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life. A how-to manual for parents of children with asthma, revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, Learning to Breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFries.com. That's Sue, scom SueFries.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze.
2: Thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. I'm so grateful and so thankful for Ecola. We are hiring, but we only want the best. You have to have a clean driving record. You have to have a fantastic attitude. We can teach the skills, okay? If you don't have the certifications or the licensing, you have to have a clean driving record. But we will help you get the rest of what you need in order to do a good job. This is not a stepping stone at Ecola because I want long-term employment. Um, I want people to be with us a long time. We are creating a relationship. We want to build together. We want to grow together. So if that sounds like somebody you know or maybe you, then get in contact with us. Just go uh, to termitelady.com. Uh, that's the website, and you can go there and you can pull down the career section and you can get an application, fill it out, send it in, and then give us a call. And you can just, the normal number, and ask for HR. And we will be happy to talk with you and and see if it's a good fit. Now, we have multiple offices. We cover from San Diego to San Luis Obispo. So, uh, or if you're hearing this from somewhere else and you want to move in, come on, let's go, and uh, we would welcome you. As long as you have a good attitude, clean driving record, and you can—you uh, don't mind dark places with like a dead rat or a, a black widow spider, because these are things we deal with every day. So just understand. And getting on a ladder, wearing a respirator if you're in the attic, you know those types of things. Some people just can't handle that stuff, and I understand. That would be me. I'm I'm not liking all that, but I'm thankful that we have people that are willing and able to do that. And so we would love to talk with you if you like. We are growing. We need about 20 new people. We need 20 new people to come on board with us. So that's a good number, right? 20. I'll go 21, three times seven. I like that. So 21 people we need. And we've just hired five uh, in the last two weeks. And so we're very grateful and thankful for that. So part one of this, I was talking about who am I and why am I here? And, um, you know, I could talk about that for probably the next five uh, shows, but I'm not going to. I would recommend that you could go to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word dot com. You can go there and there are three pages of I am's and the I am's just kind of say, well, not just they do say who you are, according to God. Um, he is telling you that, like, for instance, it'll say, I am an ambassador. I'm am a child of God. I am forgiven. And it goes on and on, three pages of I am's. So it's important that you know who God says you are. Because in part one, I was talking about, I had my dad who was telling me what he thought I was. And I believed him for a while. And then I realized when I, when I received the Lord, that God had different story for me. He, he saw me differently. He created me and I'm special and I'm, he loves me. And he sent his only son to die in my place. Boy, that's pretty valuable. Anybody that's a parent, you know how valuable that is. So, all I'm saying is that when I grasped, when I really got a hold of that about his love for me and how much value he places on me and that I'm his daughter and he's my Abba father, when I really grasped that, it changed my life. Changed my life. Because what I experienced on earth was a different type of love. And, you know, most relationships are dysfunctional and we're all working on that. And God's not done with me yet. Thank you, God. Um, I'm sure he's not done with you yet either. And as long as there's breath, there's hope. And I like saying that because I wrote a book and my book is called Learning to Breathe. And this book, that's my son on Facebook Live because I'm on Facebook Live. And uh, it's a picture that I had no idea when this picture was shot, that it was going to end up on the cover of a book that is about my journey with my asthmatic, chronic asthmatic son, uh, who I almost lost a couple times to asthma. Anyway, uh, we just got off a camel. And he's on my shoulders. And it's just the cutest little picture. And just he's still so adorable. And he's 40 years old now. But um, and he works at Ecola. And he's um, a great asset to Ecola. And he just watching everybody in that annual meeting and getting up there and explaining different things was just so, I was in awe. I was in awe of all of the team and how much growth there has been. And how about you? When you think about where you were just five years ago and what you've been through, what you've endured, persevered through, were there times in your crisis or in your, you know, just your trials and tribulations? Was there times where you said, God, you tell me you won't give me more than you, when I can handle, but come on, you must think I'm pretty, pretty doggone good because this is definitely more than I can handle. I, I would say that many times. And what I realized after I persevered through with God's help, of course, it's not on my will, it's his will in me. He gave me the strength. He gave me the courage. He gave me the will, the desire, and the ability to be the warrior to fight through it and uh, come out on the other side. And I realized that before I felt four feet tall and afterwards I felt six feet tall. I'm not six feet tall, but I felt that way just because I felt like, wow, I had no idea what I was made of until I was pushed and, you know, pressured, you know, like a diamond, you know, we're like a diamond in the rough. And all of the things that happen to us is pressurizing, it's rubbing off the rough edges, it's it's grooming us and creating into this beautiful, beautiful, shiny stone or shiny person. And um, like I said before, he's not done with me yet. And I still fall short of the glory of God. He tells us we all will fall short of the glory of God. And that, that brings me comfort, as weird as that is. But it brings me comfort to know that I have not arrived yet, and he's not done with me yet, and I'm still working on it. And, you know, the blessing in that is that he's working on you, too. You know, this life is a journey. It's not something where, you know, it's just you got to get it, and you got to get it now. It's And it doesn't have to happen now. I'm a get-it-done person. I want to get it done now. So if there's something I need to fix or if there's something I need to do, I want it done now. But see, that isn't the way God created us is that it's little by little. I was talking in part one a lot about things that I've been through in my life, and I did that not, to, not for anything other than to shed light on the fact that, you know, if I can get through this with God's help, then I'm hoping that's encouraging and hopeful for you. If you're going through a trial and tribulation, that you can also find strength in his, his um, presence. You know, just being quiet. I mean, that was the hardest thing in the world for me. I went into counseling and counseling, counseling. And, and this one counselor I'll never forget. We're in kind of a, a, a dim lighted room and I'm sitting on the normal seat, couch, chair, whatever. And he says, I want you to close your eyes right now and I want you to picture just quiet and just sitting there still. And I started fidgeting because I have a hard time sitting still. I'm just, you know, this whole saying about be still and know that I am God. You know, have you ever heard that? Be still and know that I am God. I'm like, no, don't make me still. I just, I would rather be busy. I'd rather be going because then I don't have to really think. I don't have to feel. I can just keep going. But then there came a time in my life in 2011 where I was, it was a Saturday and I had a horse. And this horse a year ago, a year before, had bucked me and I had uh, fractured my back, just a slight little fracture in my back. And I didn't know it until I started coughing and everything hurt. And then I realized that that's what was wrong. And a year later, everything was starting to feel better and everything. And I decide uh, it was Father's Day. It was a. Uh, saturday oh, father's day was on sunday and it was a saturday and i decided that i was going to get on my horse and it wasn't the first time i'd been on him before um I, I took him down to the arena as you're supposed to do when you haven't ridden for a while and you let him run around get all that extra you know stuff out of him um and then he comes up and he puts his head here on it on my shoulder and i'm just thinking he's lovey-dovey me and i put the saddle on him and i the bridle on him and i pet him and everything is cool and calm and, and I get on him, and I was on him, I don't know, not very long. And he started bucking me, and I had my phone on me. And this was about, I think, 10 o'clock in the morning, and I had the radio at 1, and I used to be live. I was live on the radio for like seven years. I'd drive into Glendale to KKLA where I'm sitting right now, and uh, every day, every Saturday, I would come in and I would do a live show. People could call in and talk to me. It was, it was fun, but it was for a long time. Every weekend, it was taken up doing this so so this weekend he bucks me and I was going up and I came down and I don't know exactly what happened but I think the horn of the saddle hit the the, my knee and I thought I dislocated my knee that's what it felt like it felt like a dislocation of my knee so I needed to get off this horse I knew I needed to get off and I knew that I didn't have my right leg anymore I felt like you know it's it's not gonna hold me so I have to just go down to the sand to in the arena my my phone had flown like it felt like a mile away And uh, finally, I got off the horse and I'm on the ground and I'm screaming top of my lungs. Um, And all I thought was I dislocated my knee. I just needed someone to click it back in. That's all I cared about. I just wanted to click it back in because I had a radio show to do. I didn't have time to have all this happen. I just wanted to. Click my knee back in and then, you know, I'm going to go to my radio show. I called my daughter once I got my phone. They got in a fire department. They came. They wanted to rip my pants. Don't rip my pants. Don't touch me. Let me get on this wooden board by myself because I could feel me. Do you want some whatever to make the pain go away? No, I want to know what I'm feeling. I remember that. I remember all of that. Um, got on the wood thing and they transported me to the nearest hospital and I'm in the bed and all of a sudden the pain started, the shock, I guess, came down and the pain started coming up and I'm calling my daughter saying, get the radio bag. I've got to go to the radio. I'm just waiting for the doctor to come in to, to click my knee back in so I can get out of here. And it wasn't until a little while later that the uh, nurse said, honey, you're not going anywhere. And uh I had no idea because they hadn't taken me to x-ray or anything. I had no idea what was going on. But uh, long story short, uh shattered my leg, tibia, fibia, and everything else in between. I was like humpty dumpty, and they had to put me together again. So during that time, the reason I'm bringing this up is because that be still and no thing, it was forced upon me because I couldn't walk. I couldn't put any weight on my leg. I had to have my leg um, at three quarters up in the air all the time. And um, people had to wait on me. I had to ask for help. I I couldn't do anything for myself, not even go to the bathroom, not take a shower, nothing. And so it was just a whole wake-up call for me that, you know, I I couldn't really do things for myself, and I'm not one to ask for help. And uh, so it was just a whole new, whole new thing for me. During that time, I, I brought up this book, Learning to Breathe, one, one Woman's Heroic Journey to Save Her Child's Life and Yours by Sue Freese. Um, This book was written during the time when I had to be still. <laughs> I was forced to be still, and it's something that I had in my mind that I wanted to do, but I never had the time to do it. So, uh, you know, um, it it got done. So, if you want a copy, just let me know. Go to Sue fries, Spelt like fries, one word.com and I'll send you a copy. Um, I'll sign it if you want. You know, so on and so forth. <sighs> anyway, I never thought I would write a book. I never thought I would be on the radio. If you would have said to me fourteen years ago that, "Hey, Sue," Um, you're going to have your own radio show and you're going to be on for 14 years for an hour every week and you're going to be one of very few women that have a show on Salem. Um, In fact, I think I was the first. I don't know, but that's what I was told. I don't know. I've been doing it a long time. Anyway, with that being said, um, I would have said, you're crazy. Radio? Are you kidding me? Um, Yeah, crazy. I think so. But if you would have told me in, I don't know, 2000? No, 1980, 1981, that I was going to be running a, learning how to run a pest control company. I was, I went to Fashion Institute. I was into fashion. I was really into clothes and colors and makeup and, you know, all that stuff. I, you know, bugs, are you kidding me? But what I realized is, you know, I I said I went from fashion to bugs because I did. And I bloomed where I was planted so maybe that is something for you, too. Maybe that you thought your life was going to go this direction, and then all of a sudden it's totally over here. But look where Sufries has come. You know, here we are top 100 companies for North America with Ecola. I've been doing this business, this industry for 42 years. I've been doing radio for 14 years. I've written uh, I'm on my third book, and I'm just going, "Wow. Now see, all of that would not have happened. If I, first of all, didn't have anything to say because I hadn't been through anything, there's been no circumstances or crisis in my life. Oh, no. And if God hadn't bought me through it, I wouldn't have good news. I wouldn't have um, a feeling of giving hope to those that are listening right now because I know him. I have a personal relationship with my heavenly father. And, you know, it says to come with a word. You know, if somebody asks you a question, you need to have a word, you know, to explain why, why you believe in this, this Jesus, why you believe in this God. And I can tell you so many times where there's been appointments, there's been coincidence, no coincidence of meeting this person on a plane or meeting this person at a cafe or this happening or that happening or I mean, it's just been one thing after another. And it's not, it's not coincidence. It's when God decides to stay anonymous, but it's not coincidence. It's God, you know, paving my path, paving my way. Why? Because he has a purpose for me. Now it's up to me what I do with me. You know, he gives us a choice to choose him or to choose whatever to fill that empty void in our hearts with some other something. Or to fill it with him. I know because I've been in relationships for a while now. I can tell you that I'm more than 60. Been on this earth more than 60 years. And I can tell you that trust is so vitally important to any relationship. Somebody said, well, what what keys would you give for leadership? I would say trust would be at the top. Because if my employees, if my team doesn't trust that I'm a person of my word, that I'm not a person of integrity, are they really going to follow? Are they going to they're going to listen to what I have to say and take it to heart? Are they going to believe what I'm saying? If I, if you know, in all these years of doing this business, if I didn't stay true to my word, then why would anybody want to follow me? I definitely wouldn't want to follow somebody that I couldn't believe in, that I couldn't trust, that their word was their word. So I would say it starts there. So if you're wondering... You know, if you can only, you only work in you, you know, you can't fix another person. I I don't know if you know that yet. But listen, it took me a long time to figure that one out. I can't fix somebody else. I cannot. And neither can you. God can. But you can't. You can put all your hope into him. The Lord's got it. You just got to hand it over, whether it's a husband or a child, you know, anybody, somebody that you work with. You know, he says in the word, pray for your enemies. It's easy to pray for people that are lovable and that you like, you know, it's easy to pray for them, but to pray for your enemies, that's a little harder, isn't it? But he tells us to do that. And he also says that those that forgive and in the measure you forgive, you too shall be forgiven. This is just out of my head. I'm not reading a scripture right now, but that is the scripture. Okay. If you want his life, if you want that redemption life, There are things that you need to do. He's asking you, here, I'm, I'm giving you the path. It's up to you whether you want to do it or not. You know, he says when you go to the altar, right, and you want to receive what he has for you, and you go to the altar and there's somebody that you can think of that you've got a problem with or they've got a problem with you, what does he say? He says, leave whatever you have at the altar. Leave it there and go take care of whatever it is you got to take care of. That's such good advice. And, you know, we can all think about our relationships and whatnot. And there might be people that are really upset with you and you don't even know. Um, not much you can do about that. Just be kind, be forgiving, be loving. And, uh, you know, ask people, ask, ask and you shall receive. But also and and receive could be, you know, ask, you know, hey, how's our relationship doing? Here's a good one for you. How's our relationship doing on any level? You know, uh, from one to five, one to ten. Where would you say our relationship is? Yours and mine. And they will, you know, you'll have a number in your head. <laughs> I always do. I have a number in my head. My, my number's usually higher than what they say. And, and then they'll tell me their number. I'm like, wow, man, I thought I was, I thought I was doing better than I am. So what do you do in that case? Well, you say, okay, what's the next question? Okay, I'm, I, I thought it was like a seven. You're telling me I'm a five? How do I get from a five to a seven? Not how do you get from a five to a 10? Because that's asking a lot, right? But if you just say, how can I get from a five even to a six? Sometimes in marriage, you know, maybe five and a half. I don't know. But, you know, just ask, how can I raise this bar? How can I, you know, and help me out because I'm not a mind reader. We are not mind readers. So it's it's really important that we ask the right questions. We can ask a lot of questions. I met a guy once. Oh, my gosh. I met this guy, and he asked me so many questions, and all I could keep saying was, I don't know. I don't know. And then I went, IDK, IDK. He goes, oh, that's clever. I'm like, well, I'm just, you know, I, you're asking me so many questions that have no they have no purpose in my life. For instance, um, what's the elevation of that mountain? What's the population of the city? Uh, you know, all this. Now, some of you, that's really right up your alley. It's definitely not in mine. Okay. Um, you know, Dodgers, you know, where are they in the whatever? And uh, 49ers. Okay. Um, I, I can't tell you the scores. I can't tell you who the the players are. Um, I can't do all that because it's not my area. It's not my area of interest. Right. Um but in relationship, our interest should be, how can I make our relationship better? That is definitely right here on the forefront. And so many times when I ask people, I'll say, oh, you know, is that person married? Do they have any kids? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Why don't you know? You know, because relational, right? So let's, let's get a little deeper and let's figure out and ask that question. It's a tough one, but not really. It's kind of easy. And it's, It's really a good way of identifying like where we are, because how do you get where you're going if you don't know where you are in a map? You know, you go to a Disneyland or you go somewhere and it'll say you are here. And then you're going, well, where do I want to go? Oh, I want to go over there. I want to go up higher. I want to go to the right. Okay, if I'm here, then I got to turn here. I got to not building over. Same in relationships. It's like, okay, where are we right now? And where do we want to go? And you need a roadmap, right? it's like, okay, well, what is it I need to do? Do I need to turn right? Do I need to turn left? What is it that I'm doing that's causing it to be at a five when I want it to be a seven? What can I do different? What can I do better? And hey, let's limit it to one thing right now, okay? You don't have to give me a a 10 list or a 100 list. Just give me one thing that I can work on just this day or this week. And then once you make progress and they see that you're making progress because you're really trying, right? You're putting some effort into that. You're putting effort into that other person. You're putting effort in that relationship. I really believe, and I've done this myself and I know it to be true, that when we do this, it can really change the dynamics in the relationship. Just by you asking the question and really desiring an answer can really help because people want to feel like they matter. Even the team at Ecola, they want to know they matter, that they're seen. Like sometimes I'll just write a text and I'll say, I see you. I see you. I see what you're doing right now. And I'm, I'm really thankful that you're working with our team. I'm thankful that you've chosen to work with Ecola. I see you. It's really important that we see each other. And when someone does something good, as, as an owner, as a manager, as a president of the company, I'm a problem solver by nature, and most CEOs are. They're problem solvers. They're looking for, here's the problem, here's the solution. But we're, all, we're so focused on looking at the problem that we don't see when something's going right. So CEOs, presidents, husbands, mothers, pastors, look for the good. Look for the right. Look for what's happening that's good and mention it, praise it, because you'll get more of that. It's like my animal, my dog. You know, my horse, um, I, I know that if I if I lift up my voice and talk louder or, or higher, my dog wags its tail because it knows I'm happy because they did something right. Um, same applies to your children. You know, greet them with love. Greet them with, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy to see you today. You know, just just greet them with just value. Value them. Not, ah, I wish you would have cleaned your room before you went to school. And you're not going anywhere and tell da, da, da no. I'm so happy to see you. How was your day? Is the great way to start and always skin touch, you know, you want to physically touch your children. They need to feel that, that holding, that that love. Just just love on your children. Oh my gosh. I have um, a friend of mine that's complaining because, oh my gosh, it's just overwhelming to to do all this and do all that. And I said to that person, I said, You know what? I'm past that stage, and I can tell you I'd give anything to go back to the soccer days or the whatever days where I can, you know, just hang out with my kids and and be their biggest fan and, uh, you know, get the snacks for the, the break time and, and whatnot. It just would, I would love to go back there. So I've got grandkids, so I'll probably do it again. But um, let's just remember and be present in the present. Okay, God bless you. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. Until next week. Bye-bye.
1: termites, rats and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. Ecola, powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their 2-year warranty.
0: Call 877-332-BUGS